Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I'm your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I am with my co-host, Vic Mattis of the Washington Free Beacon. I'm just going to start by putting a... Uh, a general content warning on this entire episode. If you are generally listening with kids, just watch out because the content itself is just very serious. And we will get to the war in Israel yeah. and the attack on Israel and some details thereof. Before that, we'll have something a little lighter, though. We are your morning show for any hour. And how are you doing, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. Uh, I'm doing fine. For people watching on YouTube, we have a camera difficulty, but thank God it was only on my face. Uh, and so you have the wide shot of us, and you have wonderful, delightful close-ups of Mary Catherine there you go. on uh, camera one. Camera three, it, it's sort of like that scene in Tootsie yeah. where uh, the control, the guy in control room says, how far do you want me to back out, uh, back up? And, and he says, how about try Cleveland? He said, try Cleveland. <laughs> Doing fine. Uh, went to Dallas, Texas. To visit my friend Peter Lowe, my uh, college nice. buddy. I brought my son with me. We'd been there about five years ago. So we enjoyed because Kate and our daughter went on a, on a, on a ladies' trip to New York City nice. with a, a cousin and the mom. And so it was, we split up. And Texas is great. And we went to the Texas, the State Fair of Texas on Saturday, which is also coinciding with the Cotton Bowl nice. and the Texas OU game. That's a big one. That was something. Dramatic fashion. In dramatic fashion, ended. again, yeah. I mean, they've been pretty close games in the last few years, and Texas was favored to win, I think, by four, and Oklahoma, or as the Texans call it, Little Texas, mm. is they like to pat them on the head, right. pulled off the upset, and they were, and, and so the Oklahoma fans, as you can imagine, were just well, delighted. Home to Garth Brooks, and I believe Reba McIntyre is also is that right? from Oklahoma. Oh, Carrie Underwood for sure. Yes. So there's a country music faction that's very they, excited. They love about to show this. up the Texans on uh, on their t on their yes. on their soil, uh, especially this year. Es yes, especially this year. Right, exactly. So they were doing. You know, they had they both. I think were like four and zero. I think or something mm -hmm. like that. I'll tell you what's delightful. Also, I've been using that word a lot. All the uh, the Texas girls. Uh, mm -hmm. Who go to the University of Texas? Yes, in the cowboy boots. Yes, and sort of the outfit. So oh. it's not just boots. It comes with like it's it's the whole outfit. It's yes. the, the top, the the short well, top, and, and sort the skirt, and the, the hat. And yeah, the uh, SEC style dress up mm -hmm. for football games mm -hmm. vibe. I have a friend who I was talking to, who I believe went to Syracuse, and she's like, "Yeah, we don't we don't do that." Wait, no, and I was Syracuse... like, "Well, it's very cold there, so that's part of the problem." But yes, we do have, and I include Texas because it's like yes. it's southern, southern of its own own brand, yes. no pun intended, where they do the dress up for the football games. And it's very elaborate. I have worn extremely it elaborate is, things they, to football games they before. They get done up mm -hmm. and makeup and everything. And they all look like they're about to go on to a pageant or something. Yes. I mean, they, they look fantastic. And I turned to my buddy and we had gone to Georgetown together. And I said, yeah, just like at Georgetown. Yeah. I said, just it reminds me <laughs> so much that. walking around or walking through the 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 midway really reminds me yeah. of of Georgetown. Higher so, the hair, closer to God. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's good. So it was it was a great time, and we did a thorough Kennedy assassination tour on Sunday. Oh wow! Okay, so did wait. First of all, first of all, after your procedure, am I to believe that because you had so much room that you went all out at the Texas? <laughs> yeah, State I put Fair? on about four and a half pounds okay, already. <laughs> I tried. I of course had a Fletcher's corn, a corn dog, which is fantastic because it, you know it's the the breading and the seeds are just right. And then uh, I had a runner up uh, uh, a treat, which was a deep fried uh, corn fried sausage bomb, uh, which was it's like it, hush puppies on steroids. I love it. And then a nutty bar. 
Okay. You gotta love. You gotta have a nutty bar at, at the Texas State Fair, and that was delightful. And tornado taters, and it was a, it was a great time. I love a fair. It really fair. is. It, 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 it. People were in a good mood, and it, it also it's funny because just with like five minutes left to go, yeah. And we were watching uh, the game from outside the Cotton Ball on these giant screens, oh, right? Nice. They have the okay. giant screens yeah. and bars everywhere, and everyone is just drinking and getting all riled up. And in fact. Some college dude went up to my son and was like, hey, man, was oh, sorry, you know, and, and it was somebody else. But I said, he's only three years off from yeah, being college yeah. age, but we got a real kick out of that. That's funny. And, and then you saw the mounted police heading in that direction just to remind people. Good, good. Let's keep it. Did you? Uh, let's keep the taunting because there was a lot of taunting from Oklahoma fans, as you can imagine. I can imagine. Did you figure out anything about the JFK situation? Yes. It, oddly, oddly. I felt like I became less conspiracy. I'm still conspiracy oriented, because, okay. just because I have more questions than answers. That's all I'm saying. I'm not. Right, right, right. I'm not nuts. I'm just. Go ahead and give us a flag on this more episode. questions. There it goes on the chart. More questions than answers. But looking at, and I'd been there once before, the school book depository, the yes. sixth floor, and the angle and the shot. And I know it was, you know, a Texas through the Texas Live Oak, which still had the leaves on. They say right. so. I mean, three shots out of the. Supposed man liquor carcano that was originally described as a Mauser, but then, you know, and the rifle was found in a different part of the, you know, it was not mm-hmm. next to the window. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Right. It's possible. Right. That he could have taken that shot. Mm-hmm. I, I have questions about the entrance and exit wound stuff. And of course, okay. even oddly enough, the trail. So what we did was we followed, we went like, okay, Oswald, after he takes the shot. Right. The first shot misses. And hits the underpass and nicks the guy underneath the right. underpass. And then the second shot is lower in the back. And then the third shot is the, the the infamous headshot. And then he takes the stairs, I think. And then he goes. And when the when the cop comes see, and, and finds him, he's drinking a Coke. And then after that, he walks, takes the bus, goes over to Oak Cliff. He goes to get his gun. And then he goes to the state theater where he is then arrested. In the span of, I think, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's odd. It's, it's odd, a, and but you can make the argument that it's erratic behavior from a nut job. Correct. Or you can right. make the argument that whoever was going to pick him up didn't. Mm. I'm, just, I'm not. I'm not taking a side. I'm just saying there was there is that. There's a lot of other interesting interesting questions. The okay. pristine bullet getting, getting hammered investigates. Getting hammered investigates, and that will continue. Well, and it is a it yeah. is a story where, and this this always trips me out, is the idea that this got blamed on. A right wing sort of oh, environment in Dallas, the despite narrative. the fact that he is, he was literally a, a communist. He was a Soviet to defector, the Soviets. And also very questionable that he would re defect and be able to be back in the United States right. without, I don't know what kind of an interrogation process he went through before getting his job in the school book depository. There's an excellent book, by the way, by Paul Gregory called The Oswalds. Paul Gregory is a scholar at the Hoover Institution who only now is writing about that he knew them because he was part huh. of the Russian community. They loved Marina, did not like him. Interesting. Weirdo. All right. So How are you? This this does le- this will lead us into some narratives that we're going to talk about about current events as yeah. well and how narratives can get real real shifted and real yeah. off in the in the press coverage. But before we do that, I should say uh just a <laughs> I realized last week my husband was out of town and my lovely in-laws came in to help with the kids for a couple of days and we had a great time and the kids had a great time and grandparents had a great time and I learned because my sweet mother-in-law didn't tell me she texted uh, Steve she said hey uh, you guys need to check on the 
the registration for the blue car because I got pulled over while oh, I was no. driving. <laughs> so first of all, how kind that she was not like, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and also weird that that our family would be behind on registration because Steve is like no, he's very up on that there, stuff. But, you know. but this is but, a this car is just one year old. So I think what happened is the automatic registration was one year and we usually get two years. So it it threw us off. And unfortunately, my kind mother-in-law was the was the recipient of the the, the pullover instead of me who drives this thing all over the place all the time. And there's a sticker, isn't there? Is that what gave it away? The sticker expired and they had the new sticker. Got it. And I did wonder in this day and age, I said, Steve, did you score the sticker? Because you can't just leave that sticker on there without scoring it because people will steal the sticker and put it on their cars. But well, it was it was taken care of. So okay. anyway, we, we, we're we okay. It's okay now. Okay, we're okay. Thank goodness. I was worried. Uh, but I just thought that was so unfair that I drive that car all the time and never, never yeah. a peep from so the popo. What, 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 so what did the police do? Did they give her a they warning? Did, I think they just sent her on her way and said, okay. hey. Take Make care sure of you because it was just yeah. barely out. Okay, uh, we recovered. I, then we spent a lovely time. We went out to the lake this weekend. Oh uh, yeah, and I went through the always unsuccessful ev- adventure of trying to get a picture of all four of my kids smiling at the same time, looking at the camera. And everyone in the family is like, "Why are we doing this?" But it must be done because I am a mother. Yeah. And did we succeed? No. And then I always try to take the the difficulty level up, and I put Scout in the photo. Because I want the dog no, so in the photo with the kids. So now you have animals and young children yes. all trying to be on for a split second. And honestly, the real problem is definitely not Scout. Scout is A+. plus. So who is it? He will occasionally wander off. The toddler is the problem. And I have one great picture, which I may just frame, of all three other kids yeah. other than Holly, with Scout in the middle, with Holly running toward the camera crying, and he's Scout is looking at her like... Dude. You know what? That would be a great Christmas card. It would. Maybe, maybe he's judging her. But it did make me feel good to be with my family yeah. and just to sort of cocoon a little yes. bit because the news has been rough. So, so we will awful. We will get into that now. So, like I said, content warning on some of these discussions because there's a lot here. We're entering now, as we're recording this, the fourth day of war. Yeah. Between Israel and Hamas and Gaza, because on the very early morning of Saturday in Israel, which would have been middle middle of the night ish for us here. Hamas, a terrorist organization that is elected to represent the people of Gaza in the Gaza Strip in southern Israel, south of Israel, went into Israel, infiltrated bases, infiltrated kibbutzes, infiltrated small communities in southern Israel and as it appears, just wantonly murdered civilians, kidnapped people, took hostages. The numbers right now are pretty devastating. 900 Israelis killed, which as a percentage of their population is many, many, many times 9-11. Yes, several times 9-11. That is correct. And 2,400 wounded, presumably some of them quite badly, who are still in the hospital and critical. And looks like, I I think they estimate 100 to 150 people kidnapped, some of them Americans. There have been yeah. 11 Americans in the death toll in Israel that we know thus far. And possibly nine hostages, maybe. Right. And Israel is now in the process of, I would, I'm not sure if this is the stated goal yet, but dismantling Hamas in Gaza. Yeah. Because I do not understand how they can continue 
to let Hamas exist in that area right next to their population. Right. Shelley, actually, you know, let's yeah. let's give Bibi the, okay. the intro on okay. this. Here's Prime Minister Netanyahu announcing that Israel will go to war. Israel is at war. We didn't want this war. It was forced upon us in the most brutal and savage way. But though Israel didn't start this war, Israel will finish it. Once the Jewish people were stateless, once the Jewish people were defenseless, no longer. Hamas will understand that by attacking us, they've made a mistake of historic proportions. We will exact a price that will be remembered by them and Israel's other enemies for decades to come. The savage attacks that Hamas perpetrated against innocent Israelis are mind-boggling, slaughtering families in their homes, massacring hundreds of young people at an outdoor festival, kidnapping scores of women, children, and elderly, even Holocaust survivors. Hamas terrorists bound, burned, and executed children. They are savages. Hamas is ISIS. And just as the forces of civilizations united to defeat ISIS, the forces of civilization must support Israel in defeating Hamas. I want to thank President Biden for his unequivocal support. I want to thank leaders across the world who are standing with Israel today. I want to thank the people and Congress of the United States of America. In fighting Hamas, Israel is not only fighting for its own people, it is fighting for every country that stands against barbarism. Israel will win this war. And when Israel wins, the entire civilized world wins. I think that point about Hamas is ISIS is important. A lot of, and we'll get into this, a lot of people excuse some of these actions. It seems to me almost entirely because of who the victims of these actions are. But these are ISIS tactics. Hamas has always been populated with terrorists, but they have done mostly small-scale operations. This one much more sophisticated, much more widespread, and feels more brazen. I mean, the 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 music festival alone is 250 plus victims, young people who yeah. were at an EDM trance festival mm-hmm. that For had peace. It, it was it had was Brazilian. They had come over there to do this. It was the first time they'd ever done it. It was on the holiday on purpose right. so that people right. could have a good time. And they were there just there having a good time and just mowed down. Yeah. Mowed down sent running into the desert where there was no cover. Right. At which point they were taken out. It's just, it's shocking. I, I was trying to, I'm trying to grapple this and understand uh, in two parts. One, why now? And two, why this level of, as Netanyahu says, barbarism? Because it's a whole new level. Obviously, there have been terrorist attacks and bombings in the past. That Israel's no stranger to that. Right. And going after innocent women and children is also, you know, it would be, you know, a suicide bomber, you know, on a bus or the Feast of Purim or something. But this is, it is now clear it has taken, I think it's been reported, over a year of planning. Right. And and the Washington Post confirmed the Wall Street Journal's reporting that this had the backing and the support of Iran. I was thinking about why now and was thinking about first the Abraham Accords and there was all this talk about Israel being able to establish finally sort of normalization. It had already established normalization of right. relations with several Middle Eastern countries, 
I, I think Bahrain and certainly Morocco and Sudan. I mean, there was, it was remarkable what happened with the Abraham Accords. And then even now, because there was talk that Saudi Arabia and Israel were on the brink of reestablishing that sort of diplomatic relationship and normalization in the region. If that were to happen, that would have rendered organizations like Hamas to be irrelevant because it had always been the insistence that there was a two-party, the two-state solution had to be linked to any sort of Middle East peace agreement with Israel and its neighbors that you would have to have right. Palestinians involved at some point, that they would have their own state. And that, and that was certainly the case during the Clinton years. And finally, we were able to just go beyond that and say, actually, we're going to handle that separately mm -hmm. and just focus on Israel and these other countries. What do you want or what will it take in order to that we can establish trust and, and normalization? And I think that, that would have rendered them and Iran to be uh, completely sort of irrelevant in the process. And so Iran sees this as a step in the other direction and certainly for the Gaza Strip and for Hamas. This was a, a chance for them to make a statement. And so it's more than just make a statement, though, and this brings me to the barbarism part, which is why this level of barbarity. And I think for them, if you, in their mindset, not an expert, or, yeah. but nothing has worked for them in the past right. to really get everyone's attention. It's terrible. They get condemned, and then Israel gets condemned, and then, but they don't seem to be making any progress. So if they were to take it to the next level with this sort of horrific kidnapping, as we were saying, not of soldiers, which has happened in the past, mm -hmm. and which Israel exchanged and negotiated to right. get those soldiers sometimes, back. Sometimes many hundreds to yeah. one, even more. That's sometimes. right. And they're thinking, well, then if we have 100, how many more, how many how more many concessions we can we get yeah. people or aid? And using social media yeah. uh, to show this sort of barbarity, because part of me was thinking, how do we get Israel to want to just destroy us? And if they want to just destroy us, and as they're saying now, they're going to engage in a siege right. of Gaza, then eventually they can start peeling off countries who are weakened and, and will get, you know, who don't have the stomach for this. And then right. we'll start saying to Israel, you need to stop the cycle of violence. Stop the retaliation. What's, what's a good way to stop the cycle of violence is not to, to kill start and, and kidnap Right. Elderly women and right. children. Just and of to, course, they're going to say they started at first back right, and forth, right. back and forth, 219, 47, 48. That said, it's a level of, it's, it, it's shocking. And I'll, uh, well, I'll tell you what else is shocking is the reaction. I figured it would take a couple of weeks before people start to say, okay, Israel, you've done enough. No, it was almost the next day or the well, day of where immediately the response from some, in some corners was, you know, ceasefire. No retaliatory violence. The Biden State Department's Office of Palestinian Affairs issued a tweet that they had to delete. It was the immediate. immediate. It was the first thing out of the yeah. administration yeah. was the Office of Palestinian Affairs yeah. saying no retaliatory violence. This doesn't solve anything. Ceasefire. Right. Which is just a ludicrous position when you have been attacked in this way. Right. And they are our allies. Right. Uh, and they are a free and democratic society in the middle of the Middle East surrounded on both sides, mm -hmm. Hezbollah in the north, mm -hmm. Hamas in the south, by terrorists and terrorists and corrupt regimes. Yes, uh, and by the way, just for ever, you know those those who would make excuses, say the context, the context. Right. Well, there is some context. For instance, that Israel forcibly removed many many thousands. They did of Jews out of Gaza. From Gaza in two thousand five because the 20, play 000. was look. They say they want their state. Mm -hmm. We're giving them mm -hmm. this place. We are removing ourselves from this place. Mm -hmm. Very shortly afterwards, the people of Gaza 
elected Hamas as their leadership. This is a separate leadership from the Palestinian, the PLO, right. in, in other in Palestinian authority in other parts of the yeah. of of the West Bank and such. They are just terrorists, right? And they are really proving it this week. So that's important to know. Like, the, yeah. when you when you back off, you hand over the land, and this is the right. result. By the way, Gaza gets many many billions of dollars in aid. Much of it is squandered for things like this. Yes. Instead of for they received billions of dollars. It was discontinued during the Trump administration, and then Biden restarted that aid and was hoping to get somewhere towards forty-five billion dollars. And the aid that Biden restarted was without any conditions. By the way, I sh- we should note the Free Beacon reported on this. I believe it was back in August. Adam Credo reported that the State Department itself said that when the Bidens on day one, the Biden administration on day one of the administration made basically, I think it was about day one, the decision to just throw money there without conditions. The State Department itself, while the Biden administration is seeking this waiver, says, hey, we're pretty sure this is going to encourage Hamas and more terrorism. We should be careful about this. And that was apparently pushed aside so that money could go in there. I didn't know this also, just a nice factoid about Israel and Gaza. Many thousands, I believe like fifteen to 18,000 workers from Gaza come to work in Israel yes. and then go back across. So it's it's not like there's always this argument that like they're completely isolated. They're right. under siege all the time. They're occupied. Mm-hmm. Well, they're no, they're they're commuting is yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. Back and forth. And that does mean that there are other citizens in in Gaza that don't necessarily align with Hamas. Right. But Hamas has put this them in this position. Yeah. That's right. Then we have the Iran money question, which is, okay, on 9-11 of all days. Oh, yeah. 9-11 of 2023. Of 2023, the Biden administration announced that it would unfreeze the $6 billion that is now apparently sitting in Qatari banks for Iranians to use for humanitarian things. The president of Iran itself has said, we'll use it for whatever we want. He's said that publicly. Yes. Why would we trust them? I don't know. We keep doing this under the Obama administration. We want administration so badly and the Biden to administration. trust them. But they released that $6 billion. When people in the wake of this said, we bet Iran helped Hamas. We bet they used Iranian money right. to do it. And everyone said, whoa, 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 fact check. Mm-hmm. That money is in a bank in Qatar. Okay, first of all, in Qatar, South Korean won. Qatar is where Hamas leaders live in luxury. So just yeah. they're right near that money. Right. But I wonder where the billions of dollars go. But here's how money works, which is that if someone tells you you're going to get a thousand dollars put towards your rent, mm-hmm. guess what you have a thousand dollars for? Exactly. Oh, other things. Now, I would not choose terrorism, but Hamas and Iran make different decisions. Because money is fungible. Money is fungible. It's weird how ignorant of that fact a lot of people seem to be. I, or pretend know, to be. That's exactly right. Because Blinken was insistent upon this and other members of the administration. No, that's not true. The money didn't go to that. Well, you just freed up $6 billion that they would have normally had to spend on the food and aid that they can now direct towards. That is how it works. Yes. And uh, the beneficiaries of this was Hamas. And this is from the Washington Post reporting. It says Hamas, the Gaza-based Palestinian militant organization, it's a euphemism that led the attack, has historically maintained a degree of independence from Tehran compared with true Iranian proxy groups such as the Lebanese-backed Hezbollah. 
But in recent years, Hamas has benefited from massive infusions of Iranian cash, as well as technical help for manufacturing rockets and drones with advanced guidance systems, in addition to training in military tactics, some of which occurred in camps outside Gaza, officials said. If you train people on how to use weapons, you expect them to eventually use them, said a Western intelligence official who, like other others interviewed, requested anonymity. The official and a second Western analyst with access to sensitive intelligence said the an- analysis conducted in the wake of the attack pointed to many months of preparation by Hamas, beginning at least as early as mid-2022, and that certainly there were more sophisticated folks helping with this. By the way, they attacked by land, sea, and air. Paragliders. Including motorized paragliders. Yeah. So just a simultaneously sophisticated and mm-hmm. weirdly basic Right. Yeah. Flying people in on paragliders, but unfortunately missed by Intel and worked. It's a huge problem for Shin Bet, which is the Israeli intelligence agency and for other elements of the intelligence community. I understand that a lot of their attention was focused on the north, Hezbollah, you know, Syria, et cetera. But that is a problem that they're going to have to grapple with in looking back and seeing how did this happen? The way we spend so much time trying to figure out and dissect the failures that led up to 9-11. Pearl Harbor was the same way. It's going to take many years to figure this out because it's a major lapse, and they clearly were training for a long time to do this. The idea of taking human shields, not just soldiers, but families, and not just Israelis, but as you mentioned, Americans, and who knows whoever, who else, and that they're going to start executing them. It's going to be a very long war for Israel because they have great, the IDF is very skilled, Israeli commandos are very skilled. Uh, but we're not talking about a single operation. Right. And it's going to be all over Gaza because these people were dragged out. The echoes of the Holocaust are so creepy in terms of families hiding yeah. and, and babies and, 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 you know, parents getting killed. Uh, you know, it, it's and again, I, I talk about the social media element It was very important to Hamas that they were going to be doing this and showing pictures of kids. The, the little boy being taunted, being taunted by the other kids, the the elderly in, in wheelchairs and, and other bodies being dragged around. I mean, again, it, it's terrible. And yet they're using it not because they want to have everyone like us repulsed by this and, and, and disgusted, but as a recruiting element. Yes. And it seemed to be working because people seem to not mind it at all. And I don't know if you want to talk about it now, but again, not long after this war has started... The rallies that broke out. Yes. Now, of course, my dark joke was, well, they got the email last week about <laughs> having a rally. Mm. But, you know, in, in, in major cities right. organized by the Democratic Democratic Socialist Alliance, right, yes. which is the squad. And what do they have to say Shocking. about it? Uh, and uh, to your point on. about the, the Holocaust. It's perverse. You know, there's almost never a time when you should compare something to the Holocaust. No. But right. this is pretty... Yeah. clearly analogous. And I saw a story, and by the way, there's a stipulation that obviously some of this video is, some of it's unverified. You're not exactly sure. sure who it's coming from and when, but we're getting pretty clear firsthand accounts of what happened at the music festival by the f- few people who survived. We're getting clear firsthand accounts of mothers and other family members who saw their children and others kidnapped. I mean, yeah. this is... Very real stuff. And I'm generally trying to rely on something I've seen several places mm-hmm. before I relay it to you guys. The Free Press and Barry Weiss's organization was is doing a lot of interviews with people in the wake of this on camera from Israel. And one of the mothers had a one-month-old and she was with her husband in a safe room. 
and the safe room was infiltrated and he told her to get out. She's partly disabled and was only able to run so far. Yeah. Somehow she hid in some bushes while she was being shot at. They survived. Somehow she made it to another family's home. That family took her in with a one-month-old into their safe room, knowing that if that baby cries, as a baby will do, Mm -hmm. then they might be sealing their own deaths. And yet they did it anyway. And I don't know how you can not think about the Holocaust in that moment. Uh, One quick note, as people do try to draw moral equivalents, uh, the IDF, of course, does not make it its business to hit civilians uh, women and children. In fact, it tries very hard not to. Uh, Hamas tries very hard to populate the areas with those folks who are non-combatants. The IDF has given extremely detailed instructions on how civilians can evacuate to non-Hamas areas, to uh, outside of urban areas in Gaza, and there are places to do that. Uh, and I just want to note that because it's so often a critique uh, that I think completely misses the facts of the situation. And when hearing this, and yet, and, and yet. by the way, one of the things, you know, it, it was it was maybe a day and a half, it seemed like, before the IDF regained control yeah. of some of these communities, which is right. shocking and another thing that will be investigated to try to figure out why people didn't answer mm-hmm. the call sooner to get right. there. Certainly... Israelis are answering the call now because they are showing up in the hundreds of thousands, reservists, people who yeah. are too old to serve by the normal That's rules. That's right, even if they're... Everybody's showing up. Echoes of Ukrainian citizens as well. And just to... This message came across this morning from a from a Israeli reporter that the following message is being sent to Israeli parents from their schools. Dear parents, has been brought to our attention that videos of hostages begging, begging for their lives will soon be released. Please remove TikTok and Instagram from your children's mobile phones. So, by the way, you guys might want to set some yeah, filters for right. that kind of thing. But just shocking. And yet, as you point out, and I'm going to get to some, there's not much to be said that's uplifting about any of this, but I am going to get to a couple stories just to not have it be entirely depressing. Yeah. There are some amazing stories of survival, which yeah. I will bring up. But before we get to that, yes, can we talk about the rallies? Talk about, yes, I'd like to talk about the rallies and also this, the various arguments that it's everybody's fault but Hamas and the Palestinians. Yes. We, uh, I, we're going to do the rallies and then we're going to do the rot in academia. Yeah. And also amongst our members of Congress. I mean- the, You know what? Before I yeah. get all depressing on us, can I, can I do a, you love to hear it? Oh, sure. And that love, that you love to hear it goes to none other than Senator Fetterman. Okay. Who was very quickly out with this statement. We now know this was a wide-scale, premeditated, cowardly terrorist campaign against Israeli civilians that also claimed the lives of American citizens. I unequivocally support any necessary military, intelligence, and humanitarian aid to Israel. The United States has a moral obligation to be in lockstep with our ally as they confront this threat. I also fully support Israel neutralizing the terrorists responsible for this barbarism. Good for him. So we we do love to hear that. But on the other hand, we have, let me play this clip just in case you wonder whether we're exaggerating these rallies. This is, I believe, outside the Israeli consulate in New York. And this is a man talking about the music festival where young innocents were slaughtered in the hundreds. 
when the Palestinians broke through the fence, they put the F-35s on trailers. And as you might have seen, there was some sort of rave or desert party where they were having a great time until the resistance came in electrified hang gliders and took at least several dozen hipsters. But I'm sure they're doing very fine despite what the New York Post says. But yeah. I mean, I... It's, not just, apo- it's not just apologies for it or excuses no, for it. It's just no. out and out cheering for it. There's also the clip of the the former Palestinian official Barghouti on CNN. He was talking to Fareed Zakaria and he had just outright denied that they were taking any civilians. He said soldiers Oops. maybe, but you know, I mean, that's and, and asking, well, that's one way to see it, he says. And then he, but he could that otherwise brushed it off as saying that it didn't happen. Other people are saying, well, of course this happened. This is what you get. After all these years of treating them so badly, they will react this way. Well, it's way. the same cycle. This thing isn't yeah. happening that you're saying is happening. Yeah. Well, it is happening, and it's good that it's happening. Yeah. And it's and- right and just. And this is one of the things I think that has bubbled up for me that I hadn't really thought about before. One, uh, I believe, academic or activist in particular tweeted something along the lines of, well, what did you guys think decolonization Yes. Meant? Vibes? Papers? That's right. Or rainbows and puppies. Some yep. other other person said, you thought it was that? That's what you thought? No. Which means, again, I feel like this is, and we're going to get to the rallies, but I feel like this green light was like went on to allow everyone now to be just, rather than say rally around Israel, it gave people this this moment to say, okay, now we can be openly anti-Semitic. Well, and imagine the, the shamelessness required for yeah. this, right? Is, you know, and there were, Pockets of people cheering post 9-11, but the sure. entire Western world yeah. and the outpouring right. was, oh, my gosh, this is so horrific. Mm-hmm. Yay, America. Do what you need to do. We grieve with you. If you had seen this scale of cheering for Al-Qaeda yeah. on the streets of your own city, which is what American Jews are seeing yeah. in many cases, yeah. which stipulated disgusting speech has a right to exist sure. and they have a right to yeah. free assembly. No. But man, what a difference in reaction compared yeah. to 2001. Because, yeah. And our friend Noah Pollock, writing for the Free Press as well, made the comparison that this is Israel's 9-11, that they, were, they feel caught flat-footed, that is, Israeli citizens are angry at their government for sure. not having seen Definitely. this, but they are nonetheless unified against this threat. Uh, but to feel infuriated and unprotected in this way against such an egregious act is very much that same feeling. And yeah. this is how people reacted in America to it right. and in Western countries all over. All over the country. You just played a clip from New York. I happened to go past the Palestinian rally in Dallas, Texas. And it was medium-sized gathering of Palestinians, I assume, because their flags were everywhere. And I, I understand why they're there because they hate Israel. Okay, I get it. Okay, this is why they're there. What, even though I do not agree at all, right. obviously, but they're rallying, they're cheering. I think it's, I found it to be offensive, but I understand because they hate, they hate Israel. They're there. What I couldn't understand or what sort of disgusted me in addition to that was walking past, because I was walking back to our car, a car comes by with two average looking white college age dudes, Right. 
and they had their windows rolled down, and there were some people who were, I guess, going to the rally with the flags, and they just very casually just said, hey, hey, free Palestine, free Palestine. They don't know what they're talking about. Like, this, this are, is are, are, we, are we celebrating the kidnapping and, and murder yes. of children? I mean, this Outwardly, is... This is some... It's okay. Again, I feel like this green light has gone off saying it is now okay to say well, we hate Jews. And often, I, like I, often I will say, look, people are allowed to protest something without being accused of being pro the actions of these terrorists, right? Like maybe like you can you can criticize Israel's politics or Israel's policies or Netanyahu if you don't like him. Curiously, those are not the things coming out of anyone's mouth. Those are not the things on right. the signs. The signs are by any means necessary. And that apparently includes this. So if you tell me that, I'm going to believe you. And the Harvard student groups got together and told us a little bit about what they think. Do you want to hear some of this? 33. 33 groups. 33 groups, which Harvard's not a giant campus. If indeed the numbers of these groups, all of them believe this, and some a few students have been brave enough to say like, no, no, no. Why was this signed in my name? I am not okay. part of this. There have been a handful. There should be more. But we, the undersigned student organizations, hold the Israeli regime entirely responsible yeah. for all unfolding violence. It goes on, but you don't really need to hear anything other than that. No, again, it's Israel's fault. Wholesale uh, excuse yeah. making. Completely excused. And there's even there's even a deeper reading of the situation, which was is Israel knew they were preparing for this and allowed it to happen to give them the ah. reason to destroy them. Ah. By the way, Harvard stayed silent. Harvard itself, of course. as an institution, stayed silent for several days, mm -hmm. mostly until they were criticized into making a statement by the likes of uh, Larry Summers. Yeah, I was going to say he was who, disgusted by Who it. wrote a tweet thread saying, I've, you know, I've never felt more alienated from this institution uh, than I do now. An Obama economic advisor, Jason Thurman, also tweeted about it and said, you know, I need we need students to say that they are not aligned with this. We need others to, mm -hmm. to speak up about this. Harvard finally came out and said, you ready for this tour de force yeah. of moral clarity? As the events of recent days continue to reverberate, the events reverberate, Vic, mm. let there be no doubt that I condemn the terrorist atrocities perpetrated by Hamas. Such inhumanity is abhorrent, whatever one's individual views of the origins of longstanding conflicts in the region. Like, you can just say it. You can just say it's really, really bad. You don't have to, like, throat clear and then do the addendum. Let me also state on this matter, as on others, that while our students have the right to speak for themselves, no student group, not even 30 student groups, speaks for Harvard University or its leadership. We will all be well served in such a difficult moment by rhetoric that aims to illuminate and not inflame. And I appeal to all of us in this community of learning to keep this in mind as our conversations continue. By the way, they weren't the only ones that were either silent or had student groups speaking for. That's the thing. In the absence of yeah. the institution speaking, which, by the way, they do very quickly in the wake of Ukraine invasion, in the wake of oh. any school shooting, in the wake of anything Donald Trump yeah, does. Yeah, oh, by the way, and props to Amari Stoudemire, the former NBA player. We'll pl I'm going to play that clip for us. <laughs> it's a great tweet, too. I woke up, man, this morning with some disturbing news out of Israel that Hamas kidnapping children, putting them in cages, killing women, killing the elderly. That's some coward shit. This is someone reviewed the Twitter and Instagram accounts of Yale, Princeton, Columbia, Stanford, Dartmouth, and Johns Hopkins. Not a single one of them had issued a statement about the atrocities committed by Hamas. And this was like uh, during, yes, during Tuesday. Mm -hmm. well, I, I don't know why they just don't. Admit, or during, excuse yeah. me, on Monday. 
they, they, why don't they just admit that they're supported or we understand we're sympathetic to why you're killing women and children. Just say it. Why don't we just get, you know, cut to the chase. Yeah, there, because, there's something to be said for the rallyers just being straightforward. Yeah, that's it. what I'm saying. And it, it's like, it's very interesting with a lot of these anti-Israel types who waited, waited before issuing a statement condemning all forms of violence from both sides. We hope that both sides stop the cycle of violence, mm-hmm. but they wanted to wait for Israel and they couldn't even wait a couple days. As soon as Israel, you know, started, you know, the first airstrike yes. or whatever, boom, then they had yes. that tweet ready to go about so, both sides. Please just, you know, stop the cycle of violence and let them take your children yeah, and please don't just, fight back. Otherwise, cycle of violence it continues. It is very annoying to some that the, yeah. that the Jewish people do not just lie let down to do be it. killed Why can't uh, in vast numbers. So, there are several members of the U.S. Congress who are members of the Democratic Socialists of America oh, who yes. held these rallies. AOC is among them, Rashida Tlaib, Tlaib yeah. Jamal Bowman, mm-hmm. most Ilhan, like, Omar. Ilhan Omar. All of, well, I would say AOC's statement is probably the, m- she was silent for quite some time. I bet it was and killing And then her. finally, when asked, she spoke up about DSA ties to these rallies and said, it should not be hard to shut down hatred and anti-Semitism where we see it. That is a core tenet of solidarity. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said in a statement to Playbook late Monday, her first comments on the rally and on any of these events, Mm -hmm. normally very active on social media, very quiet after this. The bigotry and callousness expressed in Times Square on Sunday were unacceptable and harmful in this devastating moment. It also did not speak for the thousands of New Yorkers who are capable of rejecting both Hamas's horrifying attacks against innocent civilians, as well as the grave injustices and violence Palestinians face under occupation. Meanwhile, uh, Rashida Tlaib was just like, I mourn the deaths of uh, Palestinians. And also, by the way, I guess those people in Israel. Yeah. I mean, and Ilham and Omar just like on a on a tweet fest about justifying all of this. Yeah. I mean, again, just why not just double down? I think like, these are all the. We, but you, you yeah. see, you need to understand the reasons that the women and children were killed. Here's I the, don't know about that. Here's the I mean, and paraded through the streets. And butchered. yeah. Well, they're hoping people forget about that in our culture. And I think, you know what? They might not be wrong. We, we just move on to the next thing. You have this horrible thought that if Hamas, Iran, Hezbollah all managed to somehow, in a hypothetical world, erase Israel off the mm-hmm. map, right? From river to the sea, as they say, right? right? From river to the sea. That the rest of the Western world would probably feel bad about Israel not existing for maybe a couple of weeks. No, I've actually know. been... I'm not surprised... By the folks that align with this point of view, because I kind of took them at their word before. But I am somehow newly disgusted each time at the pride in that position, at the brazenness of that position. By the way, I should note that I believe it was earlier this year, some well-known Democratic members of the squad voted against funding for the entirely defensive Iron Dome Oh, yeah. You know what? I wanted to, wanted uh, to mention that. Which is what is keeping... Israelis from being yeah. hit by thousands, thousands more rockets. rockets. Uh, those votes against were Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley, Cory Bush, Marie Newman of Illinois, and AOC voted present along with Hank Johnson. See, I mean, those are not offensive weapons. This right. is a defensive But they wanted weapon. to deprive them of that. Again, how long would they feel bad about that, about Israel? You know, well, this honestly. this is the thing. Yeah. This is the thing. So- Blinken, by the way, also Anthony Blinken, oh, the Secretary yeah. of State. Can we talk about the lack of adult yeah. reaction in the okay. White House? So over at the White House, they have a barbecue. Yes, for with a band. staffers with a live band. A reporter asked, "Why is there a live band?" I believe this was Saturday night, 
and it was a long-planned recreational event for... And look... I would have at least canceled the band. Yes. I am a person who does not believe that life must stop for every major news event. I'm also a civilian, not the president. (laughs) And a shift in tone is very necessary in the face of world-changing events that are being live-streamed with atrocities, right? So they go ahead with this party. They're very angry at people for noticing they went ahead with this party. They're annoyed that people noticed that Biden couldn't get a statement out until, like, what, midday Saturday? Yeah, a brief statement. Maybe maybe more. They're annoyed that people noticed that the first statement was the the Office of Palestinian Affairs saying ceasefire. Yeah, stop the retaliatory. Secretary of State Blinken is talking to someone in the leadership of Turkey and tweets that he is encouraging Turkish calls for a ceasefire. When that is, to my knowledge, not American policy and never was, but it does seem to be the first take of this administration. The impulse is that. And again, we have hundreds of hostages. Israel has hundreds of hostages. Americans are being held hostage, and he wants. He talks about being interested in pushing this Turkish ceasefire plan. Yeah. And in the same tweet, I believe it said, "Asking for the hostages' return." Yeah, because that's what you do. You just ask. Ask. The tweet was deleted. Yes. By the way, oops, that's the second tweet deleted. But we know uh, again. Again, uh, it's not like, oh, hey, who sent out that tweet? This is how they feel. And the entire Biden administration has been infiltrated by all of these Iran sympathizers and anti-Israel Yes, we mentioned types. this last week. I'm glad we did because now we have context for it, yeah. which is that, and that, by the way, there were also still scheduled tweets going out about like Ticketmaster while all this is happening. Uh-huh. And, you know, I don't want to get too, too alarmist about it, but this is a very real conflict that is not destined to end soon. A lot of people are going to die mm-hmm. And it is going to change geopolitics in ways that we are not probably prepared for. And these guys are still telling you that they're going to get you Taylor Swift tickets easier. I mean, this is not eye on the ball stuff. And the reason, to your point, that that seems even more disturbing is because over the course of the Obama administration and the Biden administration, with a pause in the middle for Trump, Mm -hmm. the the U.S. has been deferential to Iran has been working with Iran, has been funding Iran in many cases, of course, with stipulations, has been setting them up for increases in nuclear capabilities. Everything has been designed to facilitate working with Iran because the nuclear deal is seen as this, as this such an important thing Mm -hmm. that you must sort of acquiesce to the mullahs, even when you know you're getting worked over right. by them. And then in addition to that, we have actual Iranian spies yeah. in our government. Robert Malley had his security clearance taken away and was fired. And we don't even know the extent yeah. of that infiltration yet. There's still a person right. in, in the Pentagon. Robert Malley, Ariana Tabatabai, who Senator Cotton and others are calling for to have her removed from her post at the Pentagon, again, because they're connected to that Iran Experts Initiative, yes. where they are connected to the foreign These are ministry. people who are working with the yeah. Iranian ministry to form we knew this. our yeah. government's positions. The, I mean, it's the, shocking. The Biden administration gave $100,000 to like a university in Gaza that is openly celebrating the martyrs right now. You know, and that's just, that's that's a small amount. Again, they wanted ultimately $45 billion without right. conditions. The question is, are they going to continue? What are they going to do? 
right, about well, this, this it money. Does, because it, Hamas has also been very vocal now about the, their objective, which is death of Israel. You know, it's not about, right, oh, right. can you, not, we want better conditions for Gaza. No, we it's want not like this money. is a secret. No. That, that's the thing. And if, if you're being confronted by an enemy who says, well, our goal is to kill all of you, yeah. what are you going to do about it? Just push them back and wait till they get more weapons from Iran and then do it again? Or are you going to just... No, as I said on Fox News Sunday this weekend, a lot of the talk is that they acted out of desperation. They didn't act out of desperation. Hamas acted out of opportunity yeah. and with enthusiasm to accomplish its goal. And its goal is to exterminate the Jewish people and the Jewish state. Yeah. That They're very clear about it. And I think that because, and this, I, I am not an, a super expert in all of this, but I, from people who know much more than I do, yeah. and because of just sort of watching current events, it's pretty clear that Hamas was fairly quiet mm -hmm. for a long time, perhaps using that time to prepare for this. Right. And that free people are predisposed to want to live normal free lives. Mm -hmm. And that perhaps that can lead us, in our case, uh, in Israel's case, to become a little complacent. Yeah. To embrace our freedoms and not so much the vigil vigilance required to keep them. And sometimes the petty fights amongst ourselves that blind us to some of those bigger issues. Israel certainly is unified now, and I think Hamas severely miscalculated if it thought that it was going to break the Israeli spirit by doing this, because right. it is going to do the opposite. It, uh, certainly, I would say Israel is going to be obviously united in this, because it's a, it, this is, it's a, it's, it's, it's a war for their survival. Yes. However, if they're hoping that the West will start to get weary after a couple of weeks, they're probably going to be right about that. That that part is like I said on uh, Fox News Sunday, and I overestimated, and I was saying for the Biden administration specifically, it's like, and this is the point about Iran too, is you can say all day and give money and be materially helpful to Israel and say that you are rock solid, but if you are deferential to Iran at the same time and sending money to Iran at the yeah. same time, these two things are at odds. Yeah. They're... Mutually exclusive I mean, they, goals. They, they shine the they, they shine the, the the Israeli flag and the blue and white colors on the Brandenburg Gate. Yes, great, we wonderful. Love to see it. That's great. What but, else? But so. the, because the international community is so apt to turn on Israel, yeah. the voices that are mm -hmm. supportive must be mm -hmm. as loud as possible. Mm -hmm. So I'm attempting to be very loud so that my Jewish friends and Israeli friends and every at this point, by the way, anyone you know who knows anyone in Israel knows someone who is either gone or in danger. Yeah, this is a this is a tiny community that has been rocked by this. I do want to tell, and we're like, we're oh, we're just running through this podcast. It is not thirty minutes we did, and I want to ask you about what about the, how how the candidates are doing regarding <laughs> yes. regarding the response. We'll get into that, but I want okay. to tell real quickly. Just this is just a couple stories about survivors. Okay. Good, yeah. And I saw this several places, so I think it's it's sort of well sourced but, uh -huh. at this point. This is a story of, it says, I am overwhelmed by the heroism stories from Israel. Meet Inbal Lieberman, a 25-year-old from Kibbutz near Am. She is ex-military and a year ago became the first woman to become the Kibbutz small community, in, in parentheses, security head. When a thousand terrorists crossed the border from Gaza, she quickly understood what was happening, alerted the Kibbutz first responders, all civilians, and correctly deployed them to all the critical points around the Kibbutz based on a plan she devised and drilled. Under her command, the civilians fought the attackers, killed 25 of them, and prevented any terrorists from penetrating the kibbutz. She is a true leader who used skill and thoroughness to prevent a terrible outcome like we have seen all across the border. And there's a picture of her with a Belgian mouth, but that's not the reason I chose it. Just an amazing story. And one of those stories where it reminded me of the heroic tale of Rick Rascorla, 
on 9-11 who was head of security for Morgan Stanley. And they had so many employees there and he drilled them on evacuating the building. And there are employees who are still alive and who lived through that day who said, you know, it used to be annoying how much Rick was interested in drilling us on this emergency protocol. But he did it, and as a result, he got people out of that building. He got so many people out of that building. He did not survive. He sacrificed his own life. This woman survived, as did the people in this kibbutz, if this if this story is indeed verified. And like I said, I've seen it several places. Just an amazing story. Rachel Idri, an elderly woman from Oka, Ofakim, was held hostage for 15 hours by a group of five militants. Sweetie, you look pale. You need to eat, she recounts telling the guy in charge and offering them a full meal. When the Israeli commandos stormed the house, the five militants were stuffing themselves with her cookies and were immediately killed. She said, it wasn't a tactic. I just figured hungry men are more dangerous, so I wanted to feed them, she says. Rachel has become a national hero and also the subject of countless memes on Israeli Twitter. Wow. I mean, if there was ever a Jewish mom way to survive. A Jewish mom way to survive. Can I also say, thank God, they have the right to bear arms? Yes. And there, by the way, I saw some reporting that they have loosened restrictions yeah. on that to make sure that sure. everybody can have ours. And then there was one more, this one's a darker story, but one woman named May Hayat survived the music festival. She was taken by, she was taken captive. She stayed calm. She watched plenty of other people die. She tried to be, she said, sort of not helpful, but like not annoying to them was mm-hmm. her object is what she said. She didn't want to aggravate them or agitate right. them. And one of them just said, you can go to her. And she ran away and she hid under the stage of the music festival, surrounded by people who were dead oh. and laid there and waited until she heard Hebrew and came out. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know how you don't think of the darkest days of history yeah. hearing this. What was what else were we going to? Oh. Candidates. How do they do? Yeah. So one of the things I thought in the wake of this was. As the morning went on on Saturday after I had gotten read up on what was happening, it's like, well, it's fair to ask, where's the White House? There are other people who were conspicuously absent from social media were former President Obama, who did not comment until late late Monday, Bill Clinton, people who comment on all sorts Mm -hmm. of things all the time. Biden not saying much. You know who was right out the gate? Ron DeSantis with with statements. I just want to say that today America stands with Israel against the terrorist attack that is being perpetrated by Hamas, who is backed by Iran and unfortunately funded by this American president with what he's done to Iran. It's a disgrace. uh, And we all need to be united to say to Israel, not only do they have a right to defend themselves, they have a duty to respond to these terrorists with overwhelming force. And they'll have my support 100% as the next president of the United States. Nikki Haley, of course, out quickly as well. This is not just an attack on Israel. This is an attack on America because they hate us just as much. And what we have to understand is this is the reason that we have to unite around making sure our enemies do not hurt our friends. America can never be so arrogant to think we don't need friends, just like we needed them on 9-11. That's why Ukraine needs us when Russia's doing this. That's why Israel needs us when Hamas and Iran are doing this. And I'll say this to, to Prime Minister Netanyahu, finish them. Finish them. Hamas did this. You know Iran's behind it. Finish them. They should have hell to pay for what they've just done. Trump truthed over the weekend. Obviously, he's in support of Israel, and his some of his statements were quite strong if he is not also 
distracted by himself. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, his issues. I, I found. I think he's the he's the clearest winner in all this. If you want to talk about sort of political aspect of this this, this tragedy, which is. So folks like obviously Vivek Ramaswamy, less on firm, not on as firm grounding because right. of his previous questioning of 9-11, et cetera. He's in a weird spot. I mean, look, he got he came out as well and condemned the violence. They right. all they all did. OK. Pence, by but, the way, tried to draw a contrast and say oh. that he was the one that's really he's the one who doesn't encourage such things because he stands no daylight with all of our. And I think he was he was referring to people's questioning of Ukraine funding. I see. I want to focus on what you had to say about some of your fellow Republicans. You said that this is what happens when leaders in the Republican Party signal Americans retreat as leader of the free world. Weakness uh, arouses evil. Are you talking about your former running mate? Well, I am, but let me begin at where, where we ought to start. I mean, that disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan has emboldened the enemies of freedom around the world. And now war is raging uh, in Eastern Europe. And, and President Joe Biden's kowtowing for the last two and a half years to the mullahs in Iran, lifting sanctions, begging them to get back in the Iran nuclear deal, and then uh, paying $6 billion in a ransom uh, for hostages, I, I think set the conditions uh, for this unprecedented terrorist attack uh, by Hamas against Israel. But I also believe this is what happens when we have leading voices like Donald Trump, Vivek Ramswamy, and Ron DeSantis signaling retreat from America's role as leader of the free world. I, look, uh, that what happened in Ukraine was an unprovoked invasion by Russia. What happened this weekend was an unprovoked invasion by Hamas uh, into Israel. Uh, and I really believe now more than ever, uh, both uh, the debate within the Republican Party and the debate within America is whether or not we're, we're going to once again stand without apology as the leader of the free world, as the arsenal of democracy. The heartbreaking images coming out of both of these theaters of operations remind us that uh, America is the indispensable leader uh, of the free world. And if I'm president of the United States, we'll lead from American strength. Which, again, this this whole thing gives me the same feeling yeah. as the Ukraine yeah. invasion mm-hmm. did which is free people in a very precarious situation are being assaulted in ways that violate all sorts of norms. And it is our duty to stand with them. I do think like when people argue for a rationale Mm -hmm. for Ukraine funding and for people to argue for it, I think that's a fair ask. Many people will be arguing the same for Israeli funding, right? right? And we'll run into all sorts of political issues about that. But trying to differentiate yourself from like Ron DeSantis on the issue of Israel being attacked, right. I don't think that's plausible. They're all they're all better than uh, Biden in his situation yes. right now because they don't they're not presiding over a, an administration that has been infiltrated yeah, like, by pro Iranian step one sympathizers. Step one, freeze that money and cutter yeah. again. Yeah. Step two, get rid of all the right. people who are part of the Iranian think tank mm-hmm. that are in your government right. currently. So what what you know what Trump says is that this would never happen on his watch and it never and it didn't happen on his watch, and I mean there's there's a truth to this which is you know they were people were scared of Trump because he's nuts right, right. and sometimes thing, yes. crazy works like he's unpredictable where they knew Biden oh he's kind of soft he's kind of weak he's certainly you know he he's not crazy but we know exactly where he stands. I don't know how much of the planning goes into how much they take that into the calculus in terms right. of if for Iran. More so, I think, than Hamas. Hamas was just ready to do this operation, but well, yes, and there and there were many things Mm -hmm. that precipitated it, of course. But there is an argument here that you know people said you move you move the embassy to Jerusalem, there will be war. You pull out of the nuke deal Mm -hmm. with Iran, there Mm -hmm. will be war. If you impose sanctions and really are strict about them, there will be war. But 
if you oh if you hit Suleimani, oh there will be blow, war. Right. And all yet, they did was there wasn't. Right. Uh, and yeah, in moving fact, the embassy and, like and in that, fact, so. it does look yeah. more like war comes when you entice weak. Yes. People with your what? weakness. They, we've always said this, which is that what they recognize is strength. And, and anything else, other compromise, uh, seeking peace, that's, that is interpreted as weakness. But we love to think of it the other way around. By the way, shout out to the UAE and I believe and Jordan for putting out forceful statements. And UAE, I think, throwing its weight around telling Syria, hey, 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 don't you guys get involved and make this two-front right. war. We're not doing, we, we are not playing that. Right. Right. I think by the time our listeners hear this, we might have a new speaker or no. Yes, yeah, so we possibly. should touch on that briefly. Okay. It'd be nice to have a functioning house right now, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, they can't pass anything right now. I mean, look, Israel is getting what it needs at this very moment. Yeah. But in terms of the support and anything more, there are members, Republicans, who are trying to uh, pass bills and resolutions in support of Israel, and they can't do anything right now until we get one. Well, and as it stands, the front runners remain second in line, who was Steve Scalise yep. and Jim Jordan. But dark horse candidate Kevin McCarthy oh. seemed to have been making some noise. It was Even though he had said he's taking himself out, there are certain members of Congress who are saying, oh, I'm still voting. Look. what Just get it done on Wednesday. Is this what is saying. what I'm saying. Yeah. If there was ever a time to look around you and realize that the war, the world is a serious place yeah. and needs serious people to be in charge. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we can bring ourselves to be those people. Yeah, don't hold your breath. I but perhaps Trump we could. has endorsed Jim Jordan. You know. So there's that. Again, if we could just agree on someone and put someone in place yeah. without making a spectacle of right. the whole situation. Oh yeah. my gosh, am I going to eat these words or what by the time you guys are listening to this? Yeah, maybe. Serious times. Yeah. Serious people. Come on, everybody. Be serious. Let's get back to work. I mean, okay. we're not going to be that serious for that long, but again, no. civilians. In fact, uh, you wanted to end on a couple of high notes, a little uh, something lighter. It, are, are, are we done with, is there anything else? I think so. Okay. Uh, oh, I should just yeah. say, to wrap Please. up, just like yeah. prayers for everyone yeah, who has absolutely. people in Israel, right. who has relatives in Israel. I know so many who do, and I know that this is a very, very stressful time. Prayers that they remain United, as by the way, there was news this morning that they are forming an emergency national government that is unified, different from the current government. So okay. it'll be a different situation. And moving forward, we hope they can be as effective as possible yeah. in their goals, which do not include purposely targeting civilians, women and children. Unbelievable. All right. Just a couple small notes for you. One. This is connected to the David Brooks tweet before about his airport experience and ah. overpriced food and he getting and, and his getting roasted because it was more than that. Yes. I was walking through uh, Reagan National Airport on Saturday and saw a sign for uh, at a place for beef lo mein fifteen ninety nine. Wow. You shouldn't pay fifteen ninety nine for beef lo mein unless it's wagyu. Okay. I'm telling you, that's a bit much. I, I my my bill came to like over a hundred dollars. I had a couple beverages. Right, right, right. Just a couple. No, I'm kidding. How many. Um, okay, and and lastly, uh, last week I went to the memorial service for our late friend yes. Terry Eastland, and it was lovely. Saw a lot of our old friends from the standard days. They everybody came in for this, which was really really nice. His daughter Catherine, she gave a lovely eulogy, as did a church friend Ken Daniel, which was very touching. I didn't know him personally, but it was really really touching. And Hugh Hewitt. Nice. And as a result. I got a chance to meet for the first time Hammerhead number one, Mrs. Hewitt. The 
fetching Mrs. Hewitt. We love to have her it's as a very listener. exciting. I didn't know what to say. I was kind of excited and starstruck. I just like I just said she's stars, he's starstruck uh, by our thank own you. fans. I said, as you should be. Thank you for listening. And that wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorino Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. I would say, look, be careful about what you're seeing online during these times, but also don't turn away from what is actually happening because I think absorbing the seriousness of it is important. And we hope yeah. the U.S. House will be among those that does that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for getting hammered responsibly. You can watch us on at getting hammered on YouTube and Instagram as well. This has been an Endless Media Podcast. 